0: Absolutely essential in this time when you have uh, discovered your own purpose in life to uh, accentuate those who are also trying to do uh, their own singular purpose and cut above the morass of what everybody else is trying to do in the field of melodic improvisation, music, folk, singing. I get a chance today to to talk to somebody who is on that path and a big supporter of my show. Alec O'Connell, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jake.
0: Yeah, no, it's an honor. Um, can you talk about your concept of leadership and uh, what are the greatest qualities of leadership on the bandstand?
1: I think for like a good leader on the bandstand, I think they have to be someone who you know, can inspire the other players they're playing with. But also can, you know, take direction from those players to, you know, kind of have, you know, whatever song they're playing or format they're playing in be this like organic breathing thing, you know, that's like, you know, consistent with what everyone's feeling and how they're expressing themselves through their instrument.
0: Have you been able to coax that out of people?
1: I think so. I also think a lot of people have been able to coax that out of me you know can you
0: talk about a time when somebody basically did what you just described
1: uh i think a good example of that would be uh recently i played a show with my roommate sean thompson and uh our Tommy, mutual friend Sean thompson
0: yeah. dude oh yeah shit. Uh,
1: yeah our mutual friend michael ruth was also playing guitar with us at that show beautiful
0: beautiful
1: and uh you know, Michael's amp was picking up some weird radio waves. It was like an outdoor party thing, and we
0: just—yeah, I love of, it. I love it.
1: You know, there's all these things going on that you know should have impeded the show, but Sean was kind of able to like be like, "Well, if the radio is loud, we're just gonna have to play louder than the play radio." Play through it, man. So, play, play through l- it. Play exactly. Through it. Yeah. Play louder than the you know weird Christian talk radio that's coming through the amplifier somehow, you know, and just. It was a smoking show, you know, it was like fast and loud. And, yeah, it, it felt great, you know, and it was like one of those things, you know, not that, you know, other people I play with would be like this. But like, you know, someone else maybe might, you know, get discouraged in that moment, you know, or like, you know, want to like stop the show and figure out what's going on. it was just like, nah, man, this is just part of that moment we're in. We just got to, you know, just keep going, you know.
0: Well, I think more to the point, like, it's just like, how did, how have you learned in situations like that? Talk to younger cats about how you've learned to stay out of your head. Because if you get in your head, you know, get distracted, then you're not present in the moment. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I, I just want you to talk about how you, you like, in that sense, how you detach from all the the fucking wank shit going on and just sort of locked into the groove.
1: I think it's like... I think the taching is like, I, I, it's like, I acknowledge that it's there and I acknowledge that, you know, maybe there's nothing I can do about it. And, you know, I'm here to do this thing mm-hmm. with these people and, you know, you just kind of have to just, you know, power through it or, you know, take what's going on and, you know, channel that energy that it's giving you. And like, you know, like I said, it was like, in that instance, it was like, well, this radio coming out of the amps loud. So we're just going to play louder And harder and (laughs) jam longer and just you know we're gonna stop playing when the radio stops coming through the amp you know and eventually it's it's actually
0: better it's better than getting dissed and like not like being promised a a set on a gig at a festival and then not getting the chance to play you know like to me to me like at least you got to play like to get that vibration out there you know i think that that is uh i mean do you aspire in your own way like to uh, are you more of an accompanist or do you feel like you're trying to get to that leadership role or have you got you know at least you know we're never always we're never all the way there but uh, do you aspire to be a leader
1: I mean I think I have leadership qualities but I think I also know when at least I hope I do I think I I hope that I know when to speak and when not to speak because you know i think for me i'm really fortunate to play with a lot of really incredible people in nashville and also fill in with a lot of incredible people and it's like you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of these people i've been fans of for a while so you know i've currently i kind of view my role as like i'm there to service their songs to service their art service what they're trying to get across or perform in front of people and you know if they want me to lead or if they want my opinion on something i'm more than happy to share it but you know i think at this instance where i'm at i'm kind of you know following them and also learning a lot from them
0: too like what
1: just like you know how how like uh you know like the whole for me like i've only really been playing at this level that i'm at for you know since pretty much coming out of covid so it's you know it's a lot of like how do you, how, how does like a two month tour playing big venues work? How does paying out after a show work? How does, you know, like all these like things (laughs) outside of the performance, you know, that are important, you know, and like, and approaching them in with a very like calm focused manner, you know, doesn't let them impede the actual performance, you know?
0: Wow. That is fucking deep, man. I would also say, Alec, that, like, you bring your own flavor to whatever those rules are and just be yourself, like, in whatever the – as you learn those ropes. I mean, do you – to me, you have to, you know, speak truth to power here, but, I mean, just because I've just shedded with so many of the old school cats who were, like, humanly in the room, heartbeats, connecting, pulse, you know – Maybe not, maybe there was one overdub, but everybody was hitting at the same time, basically. And, like, do you, are you a road dog? Like, do you crave that or are you okay, like, in the anonymity of the studio scene?
1: I mean, I, I, I love recording a lot, but I think for me, live is like wow. probably where wow. I, I find, you know, they're, they scratch two different itches in a way, you know, like, I've had some. <laughs> I've had some really transcendent moments, you know, recording people I've been lucky enough to record with and, you know, where, you know, we get done with the take of a song and it's just like, you know, it's like, holy fuck, this was incredible, you know, or Mm -hmm. someone just has this, you know, melodic idea or counter melodic idea that they kind of just comes off their dome and they just kind of, you know, drop it on the fly. But I've also had very similar, but also different instances when I've been playing, you know, where like, you know, there's just like, you know, you've had a bad day like on tour and then you just like, you know, you show up and everyone's kind of in this mood and then you kind of channel that. And then the set is like just very like emotive and like has this like creative weight to it, you know, that maybe it wouldn't have had, you know.
0: You know, man, you just fucking said something really you're talking about it in the live context. Yes. Because like I feel sometimes one of my roles is to, with whatever band I'm seeing live, is to push them out of their thinking mind, whatever drama bullshit's going on, then all of a sudden they're in the spirit mind. And I think the audience sometimes, I just, that's part of like my role too, is like to encourage the audience to become active participants in raising the collective consciousness. Yeah. Don't wait for the, don't wait, no, I'm saying, don't wait for the musicians to get there. You get them there. You help them get there. To me, that is essential, man. And I mean, that to me is like, are you playing like, first of all, talk about like, you know, this is like an ego question to a degree, but why are you called on? What is, how have you cut up, I guess I said in my opening, how have you cut above that morass to add your own individual flavor that people want you to either put, you know, be on their album or, or be in the band?
1: I think I just, for me, I mean, and I've had, luckily I've had a lot of, you know, older peers that have, you know, learned and, you know, learned, you know, learned and experienced these things. It's like, I've learned just to ultimately be a good hang, you know, and
0: appreciate <laughs> yeah, no, the good hang. Dude. So what's the good hang for you? Just tell like, me about the, you know, I mean, you're, you're telling me that, uh, yo, just come hang. Don't play. Like I thought you're playing. I'm well, just, you're
1: well, yeah. like, I mean, I think the reason I get, when I when I do get called for stuff, where I am able to play with people, you know, it's because it's, you know, for me, I think every player has this, but it's like, we can all think of tens of people that are peers of ours that we're all like, you know, oh, they're so much better than Miro, like, you know,
0: Absolutely. I love how they
1: do this, but it's like, you know, I think a lot of like, who you play with is like, it's like how comfortable are you with this person? Because like you know, songs are like in playing music is like a very like intimate, vulnerable thing to do. You know, like I've I've had instances where I played, you know, for like for higher stuff where that like maybe isn't as prevalent. But for luckily for most of the stuff I do, I feel like that's like a very important aspect of it. And that's you know, fantastic. if you're a player, yeah,
0: yeah if you're yeah, a
1: player, you know, you just have to be like very in tune with who you're working with and you know like don't don't rock the boat you know be be kind to who you're with you know maybe someone's not having a good day or you know maybe something happened you know and you just kind of got to like keep the ship moving and just you know be 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 the best version of right. yourself i
0: love that man Because yeah um, I mean what let me ask you a question. So, I mean, have you played in I was at the Century Room in Tucson, which honestly I I it's just one of the sweetest, most amazing uh like uh jazz clubs in America and it's in this funky part of Tucson. We don't even have an urban jungle here. We've never yeah. gotten built up. We don't have any corporate presence down there it's insane jazz club it's cat glenn moore dear friend of mine bass upright bass player played with this band oregon and he uh <clears throat> he shows up with this sax the soprano player and i'm in the front row glenn and i are dear friends and i'm just fucking having an out-of-body experience dude I mean, i'm mean i just being myself i'm not being yeah. you know I'm, tr- I'm trying to push them in the vibe higher okay dude security escorted me out of there before the second set because the soprano player was not comfortable with me in the front row. And this is a fucking badass dude. This is like, he can play. Yeah. But like, you realize, and I left, it was all good, I fucking got off, it was fine. You know, I was I I tried to hold my ground, but whatever, I'm not gonna fucking, I don't care. The music is more important. But the point is, you realize that some cats have full command of their instrument, and then some, but they are so awkward in these other forms that are equally as important, which is being able to connect with other people on different levels and just being a good hang. That's why you get those gigs. And it was just like, I I, I felt bad for him in a way, you know, but I wonder, my question is, did you have people, did you have to learn to, to, do you recognize that, that, distractions are part of it and as long as people aren't jumping on stage and they're getting off it's your job to perform and not get that dude got pushed out of his comfort zone man he was like frazzled
1: i mean i, I i'm not I really doing kicked, this much i
0: was kicked out of a jazz club
1: that's, that's insane <laughs> i mean speaking for me it's like you know i'll play downtown on broadway in nashville right. sometime with some buddies and like you know I've seen some wild stuff, you know, from the stage. I've heard some wild things. I've seen people shout. I've, I've had people, you know, I've, one time I was playing with my buddy and this guy was coming up and, you know, he was, he loved us, but he was, it was the funniest thing. He was requesting songs <laughs> in the middle of our songs, but then when we stopped playing, he would walk away.
0: Oh man, is, dude, he was, was tripping like, so hard, man.
1: I know, but like, you know, and yeah. like, it is what it like, is. Yeah.
0: Well how you at first it me?
1: was like oh this is like a little i a me like my like first part of my brain's like you know like i'm like okay this is annoying me but then i'm like oh wait no this guy is just so excited by this and he is so <laughs> appreciative of us playing like you know these dwight Yocum songs and these like you know like we do like we did a couple of john hartford songs and stuff wow. and he was just like he's like oh i can't believe i'm hearing this you know and it's like I don't know, man. It's like you know, just let let people be how they want to be, when they're in in the audience, you know, as long as like as you said, as long as they're not like you know, jumping on the stage or like throwing stuff, you know, it's just like you know, it's a it's a shared experience for everyone. It's a shared joy for everyone. At the end of the day,
0: you know what it is though. Like, do you feel like when it's all said and done, on the band, what do you bring to the bandstand? Is it is it like a, it is it just that sort of the the how I guess my question is how, how are you able are you able to do you have the opportunity to stretch out instrumentally or is that something that um, that you need to work on
1: I think I, I I'm I'm allowed so I almost said allowed there by accident I I guess oh, it depends on you know the context of who I'm playing with and what I'm playing and when and where but you know luckily everyone that I do play with, they give me a lot of freedom with what I can play, you know, and I kind of, you know, I, at the end of the day, I'm always servicing the song. I'm servicing the setting. I'm servicing the feeling that everyone's, you know, bringing forth at that performance, you know? So like, you know, I've played like my friend Aaron that I've been playing with for a couple of years now, there's a couple of shows where I played with her, you know, where, you know, maybe we had a rough drive into the venue, you know, on the tour and, you know, maybe the solo kind of you know jammier sections of a couple songs you know maybe those are a bit more restrained and then you know other nights you know we have a crowd that's like really into what we're doing and is like really like feeling what we're giving off and we're you know feeding back off that you know and it's kind of like you were able to kind of like stretch out a bit more you know and like kind of like lean into the songs a bit
0: more I love that man that is so that it that is so beautiful you know and I mean that's that so there is a real synergy there where you feel like you could be more vulnerable when a a good what you know I mean some cats played their best shows in front of three people you know I mean yeah. a lot of jazzers play that but I mean when the crowd is completely activated and part of the actual I mean, I find myself now, like, you know, being part of the music itself, you know? It's kind of yeah. magical. It's magical. So I just, I, to me, like, you feel more vulnerable when the crowd is is, is feeding you back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can just, I can think of a really perfect example of that was my, my friend Aaron Ray, the great singer-songwriter in Nashville. I was on tour with her last year, and we were playing at the uh, Botanical Gardens in Boise, and it was freezing cold out pouring rain the local crew were just really not not nice to us it was kind of they probably should have called the show we were touring with another big with a bigger band and you know we get out there but we're all bundled up you know struggling to keep our hands warm kind of like you know this i really don't want to be playing the set right now but we looked out and we saw All the people, you know, that had come to see her and see the band that we were opening for, you know, they were all bundled up, had their umbrellas on and some of them were soaked to the bone and they didn't care, you know, they were there to experience it. And, you know, like we kind of were able to take that energy they were giving and it actually was one of my favorite sets we played on that whole tour. You know, because it was That's awesome. For me, Jesus, for me it was even a challenge playing like dexterity wise because it's like, it's like a oh, fuck. My hands are like, you know, freezing up almost. Dude, yeah, I gotta be to honest with you. It's so properly.
0: classic. It's so classic because my brother lives in Boise and we saw the band Mapache. Electric, they played an electric set in, in March and it was snowing out and it was the same thing, dude. They had to play through that cold. And yeah. that is not, you know, that is. Yes, yeah, so you were brave in the elements, but yet, you know, the love at the end of the day overcame. And that's exactly. that was the second thing is uh you I, I Alec O'Connell, I need to know your concept of love and how you bring love to the world.
1: That's a that's a very deep question, let me think. Uh
0: I hit I people my, with twenty minutes in. I hit them with a deep question. You
1: know? I think I think for me my concept of love is just, you know, being able to like give one's self to another or uh, like others in ge- like in the larger sense or like a thing or whatever you know but like also acknowledging and like having compassion for like flaws that that other person or persons or thing might have and your you yourself also have you know so I think it's just you know I try to bring that you know, with people I play with, you know, where it's like I understand, you know, I don't know, it's just if it's like someone that I'm playing with, you know, and I'm trying to, like, bring that love towards what they're, you know, creating, you know, I try to, you know, so, you know, honestly, man, I'm all stumped by that.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean, the question is, do you feel like what are the flaws that you have that um, you need to forgive yourself for to me like self-love is important i have a lot of self-love probably to a fault you know where there, you know but i feel that the other most people are overly self-critical you have to love yourself if you're going to exude that love what is one of those flaws that you're that you're that you've accepted about yourself
1: i think for me it's i mean it's classic for most musicians like you just said just like still being self-critical but I think for me, it's definitely more of it's definitely has been more of like a kind of, you know, I don't want to say like imposter syndrome, if you're familiar with that term. But just no, I'm like, not
0: actually. Can you break me break it down?
1: It's kind of like, you know, it's feeling like, oh, I shouldn't deserve to be in this position. Like, I'm not worthy enough of like, you know, Fuck that shit. I know. I know. Fuck exactly. That, it's, man. It's, 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 like, honestly, yeah. Fuck that. Like, but, you fuck know, it's that one of those, shit. Yeah. You know, it's like. I feel like I, I've had that at points. Hey, man.
0: And you know, if everybody else is on board, what the hell is the pr- – there's no pr- no looking back.
1: Exactly. And that's all I need to tell myself. And then I'm like, okay, you know, I deserve to be here. I deserve to be doing this, you know. Or like,
0: Absolutely, I've, I've... man. You know, and I can't – I'm not a musician. That's one reason my show is somewhat effective because, like, I'm coming at it from a humanistic point of view. Yeah. And I don't know what it feels like to be incompetent. I mean – to be an instrumentalist or a singer and you know, but you know, for me, it's just the idea of saying, especially if you're uh, in a group of musicians and, you know, by and large, you get along pretty well with all of them and really make love on the bandstand, then that stuff is, you got to hang up your hangups, you know, exactly. You know, have you faced a lot of adversity in your life? If so, Talk about a time that you faced adversity. Specific time, how you overcame it, how it made you stronger. Uh,
1: yeah, I uh, it's funny. Uh, a couple like I want to say like, I don't know, like five years ago now. I uh, it was uh, it was really funny. I was on a tour, and this was an old band I was in, and you know I was started having some like weird chest pains after a couple shows, and I was just like, oh, this is strange like this doesn't feel normal and I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac and long story short it turns out I was indigestion that's causing those pains but through some testing I found out I had a heart defect and wow. ended up having to go angioplasty for it about five months afterwards and uh it made me uh you know it was definitely like one of those kind of get my shit together kind of moments you know it took me a while but it made me like you know having mortality in a way kind of like very briefly kind of like face itself to me made me get like really hyper focused with you know how I want to be as a person and how I want to like interact with my peers and like what I want to do with my life and how I want to you know live my true self, you know. And what uh, this
0: it, is hold on when you were in when you were looking at in that mirror and it became very focused and clear, What were there? Was it just a feeling or were there like sort of voices in your head that were because that 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 brush with mortality is key? I I mean, yeah,
1: I I wouldn't say it was like looking in the mirror. It was kind of like I had this moment where it was like, oh, like, yeah, life is precious. Life is serious. You know, it's like not. I'm like, you know, I don't. I don't, I try not to be like a downer, but it's like, you know, I try to, you know, live my life with like earnestness and like intention after that, you know, and being present in my situations. Cause it's like, you know, it's like every day is a gift, you know, every day, you know, every day is a gift and you just have to like appreciate it and, you know, roll with the punches and just under, and, you know, understand that like, there's a lot you can't control and there's a lot you can't you know understand but it's there and it's there for a reason you know you, right. just have, you just have you just right. have to you know, exist in it
0: i have to ask you um you know stepping back i mean you're not correct me if i'm wrong but you're currently not road dogging it playing original tunes in a domestic touring circuit am i right
1: not right now uh my no my but I want to
0: ask you my question because I, I you know how hard is it To do that today,
1: I think. Well, well, for me is I got.
0: I'm talking about like you know gigs, like not the gigs, you know, like across the country, playing, playing. Original tunes, not fucking cover tunes.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard right now because there's not a lot of money in it, you know, and I feel like. It's funny. What do you mean? What
0: do you mean by the not? Why? Because. You've been on you're, you've been on tours, so there's money there. But why it's, isn't there money for the original shit?
1: I think it's just you know venues. I mean, a big thing is like companies like Ticketmaster charging so much for fees, and then it's venues you know cutting into merch sales for artists, and then you know that affects the bottom line of these big touring bands coming out of COVID, and then they can only pay opening acts so much. So then now you have opening acts running on shoestring budgets or, you know, they're only like taking partial parts of the band or touring solo or, you know, it's just kind of, it's like, it's a really interesting time, you know, and I feel like you kind of have to, you know, it's almost, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the word right now, but you know, it's, it's, it's It's punishing in a way, but you know, you you keep up with it because you love it and you know there's you know it's like if you're in it and you're doing it it's because you're a lifer you know you want
0: to you know you're you're about it you know it's like you
1: don't it's like it's like yeah like i'm not i'm not making a lot of money doing this but it's like i can't see but that's
0: not it that's not your purpose yeah. in life. that's not what the definition of success is you know like, exactly to me, you know but i mean like uh you know is it more about systemically like the fact that people want safe meet the bottom line. I mean, I mean, most bars, I mean, I kind of heard this, you know, just, but like, you know, the year coming out of COVID, there was no money. There's a little bit more money to pay the musicians now, but really like, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a lean towards conformity. And my question is when you're on tour with a band, how do you, get off and keep yourself engaged if you're playing do you play formula trip sets when you're on the road um and if so how do you make how do you get yourself stimulated by when you're playing the same song all the time the same way
1: luckily everyone i play everyone i've been able to play with that's not the case
0: well that's so fantastic. it hasn't been that's super form- i mean
1: it'll be like you know it's you know, I'm for some some folks I played with, it's like I'm expected to learn parts of a song, but you know, if I'm gonna put my own touch on it, that's not, you know, that's part of the reason I, I would hope that I'm there, you know, is because I've you know, they want right my little flair that I'm putting on, you know, those parts or like how I'm interpreting how these songs should be played, you know, and like how I'm, you know, playing off the other players.
0: Well, how can you talk a little bit about your the lineage of your musical sound like who are your influences in r&b and soul and bluegrass and rock and jazz like who who are the people or singers that you uh you can trace your lineage back to like little richard Fats domino or bill monroe or you know charlie parker you know to me like it's really important to get as deep into the lineage of all music as possible so oh, i just wanted if, I mean... Of I know you know. I, I, so just trace trace your lineage.
1: I think for me, it's a lot of it has to do with what my parents played for me growing up, you know. It was like my mom, it was lots of, you know, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, that sort of stuff. And totally for my
0: individualistic da- folk rock, yeah, totally yeah individual, yeah.
1: For <laughs> my dad, it was a lot of, you know, my dad, like, you know, he grew, like my parents, they're both in their early 60s, so, you know, they kind of grew up in like the rock era but my my parents and my dad more specifically are were very very much into r&b and you know funk and disco and that sort totally. of stuff so you know i grew up with like really heavy amount of like curtis mayfield and like donny hathaway
0: yeah,
1: the Asians, yeah. ojs like oh all the man, Philly sound stuff. that's grease you know, right like, there man yeah no I, I love it you know and yeah. as i've you know gotten older and like, you know, gotten more into that music, you know, that led me down towards like New Orleans stuff like the meters and like Alan Toussaint. And then, you know, I started getting more into like blues players that I like, you know, like, uh, hmm. like Mel Brown or like, you know, uh,
0: Mel Brown, Neil Casal. Did you know Neil Casal?
1: I, ne- I never met him.
0: Okay. I was just saying, Mel- we- me Neil and I really bonded over Mel Brown, man. Uh, the um that, man was, yeah, but also like I've interviewed the late great John Turk, the late great Clifford Coulter, and those guys made up that San Jose funk jazz scene, and it was righteous, and Mel Brown was right there, yeah, and it was, and Mel Brown took in young white white cat harp player Matt Kelly, like the the best thing about that time just. Is that the Black American music was so accessible to younger white cats? It was so beautiful, and Mel was just in the game, and obviously his albums are insane. But like, he was just a larger than life character.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, like one of my one of my dad's favorite stories he likes to recount to me is when he was once say he was like nineteen or eighteen or nineteenth time he was selling shoes at a Ford City Mall on the South Side of Chicago. And uh, Curtis Mayfield walked into the shoe uh, shop he was working oh, at. Oh,
0: my God. And
1: he was the only white guy working there, you know. And, of course, Curtis went up to him thinking, like, oh, this, like, white guy's not going to, you know, doesn't know who the, f- who the fuck I am. is not going to bother me. And my dad was, like, he, with every ounce <laughs> of his soul, he had to hide how nervous he was, you know.
0: Dude, I would have yeah, fucking banged him been for him, dude. That would have been you insane. Know? Yeah, man, I did that. I can't even. <laughs> that is one of the best stories I've ever heard. And so I you, think that's so yeah. cool. You know, is and there it's a like... is, you, is there a funk? Vibe, is there a funk scene in Nashville, or is it like like real like? Like I I, I feel like Nashville. Like you go back to Norbert Putnam. And those cats, the original cats, area code six yeah. one, area code six one five, those guys were greasy, man. Is there a greasy scene in Nashville?
1: I, I mean, I think, I think the people I play with, like my are... peers, I think we're, you know, I think that's kind of that's a big influence on us, you know, is like like Barefoot Jerry and like area code six one five. Those are like really important records oh, for me beautiful, as a player, man. you know, because it's. I don't. Know, it's like, like, like Wayne Moss. Like you know, he's.
0: That was the name I was thinking like, about, I've Wayne had, Moss. Yeah,
1: I've had friends record with him, and you know, uh, Mac. Ga- like I've seen Matt Gaden at a coffee shop down the street. Dude,
0: my house. dude, like, I need yo. Listen, you You know, yo, man. Because Norbert, I did. Norbert was going to hook me up with with, with Mac Gayden, dude. Are you in touch with those cats? Because I got to talk to them, man. I have, I have, I have
1: some friends that are in touch with them, and I can definitely like try to get. Well, to and
0: them. also Wayne Moss is he still with us?
1: Yeah, yeah Wayne's. Oh yeah, my he, god, dude! I'm the get studio. Him.
0: dude. O'Connell, man, you will. I mean, this is essential, man. Because Putnam was like, because he said Mac won't call him back. You know, like I mean, I mean, Norbert's all over the place. I mean, he's on yachts and doing his thing, but. Dude, I am obsessed with Matt Gaiden. I'm obsessed yeah. with him. <laughs> so he's just hanging in the coffee shop, you know. Just, just,
1: you know he he he's 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 pretty old, you know. And I didn't want to bother him, but it's sure. just like, you know, I'm getting my coffee before going to my like going to my day job at the time, you know. And it's just like it's like, oh shit, that's, that's fucking Matt Gaiden there, and he's just like, you know, reading reading the newspapers, just you know, just sitting down. You know, it's like it's like that guy wrote "Everlasting Love." You know, it's like
0: just you know why? Do you do you? Because th- here's the thing about those cats, uh, the the Studio Sharks. I'm talking about uh, they that area code six one five. They went to there was so much rural open landscape and 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 rivers and forests. They went to somebody's lake and hung out there and cut. Cut that record in a few days. They were out of the city. <clears throat> and I just feel like Dr. John and I talked about this too. You used to have, you know, ice chests. You know, you you put the fish on the ice and you had only a day, or, a day to cook it, you know. And yeah. like a lot of this stuff has been uprooted, turned into bubble villages, uh, you know, housing developments and things like that. Do you get a chance to actually get out into rural country in order to be inspired to create music oh
1: i mean definitely like there's a lot of you know there's percy priest lake over here you know that's you know it's there's been some suburban development there in the past 30 or 40 years around it but you know it's it's a it's an old tva lake that you know Mm. you can go swim in you can you know rent a boat on you can kayak on there's a lot of really good hiking around here you know it's there's still Thankfully, in Nashville, there's still a lot of you know nature that's like very accessible, and you know, for everyone, it's very accessible for everyone in the city, and is you know present. And it's and
0: it's being and it's being preserved.
1: Yes, which is which is really nice. It's
0: beautiful. Um, tell me why you dig the Jake Feinberg show. I mean, you literally, uh, you come on, you dig my stories, and I was like, you know, I'm like, you know. I'm gonna, I wanna, I I fucking wanna give some, some spotlight to Alex O'Connell. So, why, why, why do you, why do you dig the Jake Weinberg show?
1: I feel like, I don't know, like I've listened to like your interviews with like Lee Sklar and like Willie Weeks and like. I haven't actually interviewed Willie yet. Oh, you haven't?
0: No, (sighs) man. Keltner, Keltner's still trying to hook me up with him.
1: But I mean, like Chuck Rainey, it's
0: fine. Chuck Chuck Rainey, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Rainey, Sklar. Yeah, the bass, yeah. And it's
1: like, you know, some of those guys you've interviewed, you know, are like absolute idols of mine, you know, like that I have like, you know, spent hours studying their playing and like, you know, what, what they do and what's in certain situations, you know, and that was like something for me during COVID, you know, having all that free time, I was able to like really, you know, get down and study certain players that I enjoyed, you know, and that's kind of how I was turned on your podcast because it'd be like you know lee sklar it's like you know you have i mean you've interviewed him three times now four (laughs)
0: no no i think uh uh, five five yeah no, i mean we we and we knocked that out in like a month dude we caught five it's like cutting an album you know yeah you get, get hot and you but like dude so i mean just is it for you as a as a player um you know we're not talking theory So what is it that you gravitate? You're just kind of getting to hear the humanity in them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I get to hear the humanity. I get to hear, you know, sometimes they'll drop the name of an artist. And then, you know, I go down that rabbit hole being like, Oh, well, so-and-so talked about this. I got to, you know, check this out. I probably will like it. (laughs) And nine times out of 10, I do, you know, and, you know, you know, there's like sometimes the interview current artists that I like, you know, and it's cool to like, you know, hear like a, a peer of mine, you know. speak and like the same, like speak about things or like say how they feel about things and that's very similar to how I, you know, feel or view them, you know.
0: And it's like I love it. No. And, yeah. But are you uh have you been able to hang at all or connect see uh, Zephaniah since he's moved there?
1: I uh I I met him at the at a Sam Grisman show and uh we were sammy
0: grisman came Sam, sammy came in in nashville
1: yeah he came in with his band that's great, that's great. and uh my friend logan ledger who you need to get on the show he's i'll a, get on
0: immediately yeah logan Ledger.
1: incredible incredible singer incredible songwriter incredible flat picker. Uh, he can do it all he's he's got the best voice in country music i'll
0: say it you know holy shit dude yeah he's O'Connell, oh, man, dude, yeah, I get this cat over here right now, man. It, well, you're talking like you're not talking neo country. You're talking like you know roots kind of shit. His stuff's like
1: his stu- like his stuff. He's not singing worship like,
0: music. I mean, that's what country no, music is now. Yeah,
1: it's his stuff. It it for me, it reminds me a lot of Glen Campbell. Wow. But he's you know he he's a bluegrass cat. You know he grew up with Sam. You know he's. Gosh. He's very, stu- he's he's one of the most studious musicians I've ever met, you know, he'll, like a couple of weeks ago I was texting him because he, I remember he showed me this Bill Monroe song that was like, uh, it was, they, they recut Prisoner's song, but it had drums on it, and Bill Monroe apparently was so pissed off that he played the most like avant-garde just like <laughs> fuck you mandolin solo over it and it's you know oh, in the moment you can you know like Bill Monroe's like fuck this shit i'm just going to play whatever but for all of us we're like that's incredible like this sounds insane in the coolest way you know
0: but that's the that's the cumulative and it's funny yeah <clears throat> my my first you know my first interview with dog he Grisman he said music has cumulative results and you know the truth is that when when Ro played that sol- solo, he was as fucking pissed as hell. But yeah. you'd be mad as hell that love will go on years later. You guys are getting off on that solo. Exactly. That is yeah. cumulative, man. That's powerful yeah. shit, man. I mean, it's real. That's real. Are you? Are you? Is there any chance we're going to get Alec O'Connell in the uh, Arizona region this year? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm going on a two-month. Oh, don't keyboard. play me right now. Don't play me for no. I'm, right well, now. I'm.
1: I don't know the exact spots yet. Spots yet or dates, but my uh, my friend Aaron Ray, who I've been playing with for a couple of years now, and she's also another incredible musician. Yeah, we'll get her on
0: the program too. You're gonna. Um, you got me into a new tributary now. You know
1: that you know. I'm yeah, very great, grateful man. to play, play yeah, with. Grateful, and uh, we're supposed to be doing a big, you know, full U.S. like West Coast, South. Midwest, Northeast, Southwest,
0: Southwest. Don't neglect us yeah. down here.
1: I I don't know exactly when or where okay. we're playing, but I know the last time we came through, we played in Phoenix.
0: Well, I'll and... come up and we'll be hanging, man. I just, you know, it's this is, we just, it, it is cosmic. We were absolutely meant to connect and, uh, and I applaud you for your, you know, leading, stay vulnerable on the bandstand on and off the bandstand, man. It Thank was an honor to hang with you.
1: Thank you. Honor, honors all mine you know it was great to talk to you about these things and you know and share ideas and just you know discuss
0: at the end of the day man it is about uh you know making sure that people be themselves and are okay and not and not living in fear and so you know for you to just hop on at 40 minutes into the jake feinberg show bad props to you bro And we'll be in touch man let's just stay in touch and we'll keep creating Of course. All right. Much love, man.
1: (laughs) Much love. Bye.
0: Peace.